0: Hey, everyone, and welcome to Prison Counts. I'm your host, Ryan Ferguson, here with my good friend and uh, buddy that I met in prison a while back, Dave Dowling. Hello, everyone. Dave
1: Dowling, coming at you from St. Louis. Uh, Glad to be here.
0: Yeah, we're really happy to bring you this new podcast. It's all about life in prison and what that experience is really like. Dave, do you want to delve into more of what this podcast is going to be? Certainly. It's about
1: prison from different points of view, you know. Ryan and I were in the same prison at the same time, but under different circumstances. And everyone has their own experience. Even though we experienced a lot of the same
0: things together, our experiences weren't exactly the same. Exactly. And and that's the thing about prison. It is so many things to so many different people. For some people, it's the worst experience you can ever have in life, as one would imagine. For others, it's actually uh, an enlightening experience, something that people come out on the other side, better. I think both Dave and I have come out on the other side better. What do you think?
1: Absolutely. I mean, for sure, it was definite growing experience, and uh, you know, I got a lot out of it, and I tried to just focus on that and not on you know any of the negative stuff that came with it.
0: Right. And there's so much negative stuff you can focus on, and that's why we want to bring you a podcast that's really about the positives of of life in prison and and kind of the stories behind that and what people have done with their lives. Before prison, during prison and after prison and just show, you know, kind of what that world is and and, and what it means to actually experience prison, the good, bad and the ugly and try to put the positive spin on the lives that are in there. This is more of an introductory episode. We'll do episode one next, but we wanted to take this opportunity to introduce you to us and who we are, our stories, our experiences. So thank you for joining us for a few minutes while we, we talk about ourselves before we start getting into other episodes, interviewing other individuals and their experiences. So we'll kick this episode off with Dave. Uh, man, I know you had co- quite a few interesting experiences in Jefferson City Correctional Center where we were together for years but uh let's just explain about you know to everyone who you are and then and, and brief how what your experiences were.
1: Well, I'm Dave Dowling. I uh served 15 years and four months. And Dude, you sound so sad. Dude, I can't be that happy about it. I'll and I up. look kind of tough. I'm not that tough, but I look kinda tough, you know? You definitely look tough. You're more positive. I'm more tough guy. And then funny. <laughs> Well, I think to start off, our experiences are pretty contrasting. You know, yours and mine. For one, you came to prison, an innocent person convicted of a crime that he didn't commit. I came to prison as a person who committed a lot of crimes and didn't get convicted for half of them. So lifestyle was different and that makes the experience a bit different.
0: You know? Certainly. And then that's the thing I know about you, man. And I think we should say is like, you're the most. Chill, humble dude, I know, funny as hell, love hanging out with you, and uh, and I love who you are as a person, and how you chose to be a good person, and learn from prison, and come out better, so, uh, so what were you incarcerated for, to start with? I was
1: incarcerated for six armed robberies, and some drugs, and some theft, and some receiving stolen property. I have a long list of offenses over a long period of time. <laughs> Sounds like <laughs> so. The big ones were the robberies, and uh, they're all drug related in my life. You know, so my addictions uh, fueled my criminal. and didn't cause my criminal activity, but they certainly fueled it. You know, it makes you want more and need it faster. So, right.
0: So you would say that your lifestyle kind of led to you uh doing bad things ending up in prison what was your sentence
1: my sentence was 18 years which i had to serve 85% of under the dangerous felons
0: act yeah i was under the uh the same thing uh 85% it's uh it's a long time to look at no matter how many years you have i mean you got to do basically all of them and so what was that feeling like <laughs> to you man going down with 18 years knowing you had to do 85%
1: Well, it was devastating at first, of course. I mean, you know, I didn't think I didn't, you don't even know if you're going to live that long. You know, you know, you're going to a pretty dangerous place. I mean, at one point they called Jefferson City Correctional Center, the bloodiest five acres in the United States. And I didn't have an experience like that, thank God, but I didn't know what kind of experience I was going to have going in. So obviously fear and, you know, part of it just felt like, you know, suicide, like, like I had. Like, that was it. I killed myself. That was the initial feeling.
0: Right. And so so when you got there, what happened? Like, what are some of the craziest things you remember from your earlier days in prison? Like, was it was it just like you got in and it was no big deal? Or did you get in and it was like, holy crap, you know, some bad stuff can happen pretty quick?
1: Yeah, I saw some bad stuff happen pretty quick. I saw someone lose their life in my first month. And uh, yeah. I learned some pretty good lessons about Minding your own business and uh, staying out of the mix, so to speak, you know, and staying in your own lane, which I did, you know, and uh, growing up a criminal like I knew a lot of people like I'd been getting in trouble with these guys for decades, you know, by the time I got to this prison sentence, you know, I'd known a lot of them from different rehabs, juvenile stuff, all kinds of, you know, the real like lifelong criminal type guys. Well, you know each other all your life, you know, you keep running into each other again, you know, so I think it would be a little more scary for someone coming from no criminal background and no prison or incarceration experience at all.
0: Hmm, I wonder if we know anyone like that.
1: (laughs) I don't know. It's crazy. Which is funny because when I met you, you were getting in a lot more trouble than me.
0: Oh well thanks. Yeah, put that out there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I look forward to actually delving into all those interesting experiences that we we had <laughs> together. And so we're going to be able to interview people, and that's going to be the first part of the episode. And then we're going to talk about their experiences and kind of how that relates to our experiences. And you're going to get to know more about us. And how we navigated prison in every episode and all the trouble that both of us got into.
1: (laughs) Um, And not just that. I think we'll also touch on, you know, some of the uh, discrepancies in sentencing. I hope we're going to talk some on, you know, the differences of treatment. I mean, I think we'll touch on social justice issues and lots of things, you know, but the conversations will go there. And I also would like to hear from people outside, just the convicts. I'd like to hear from people, anyone involved in the criminal justice system.
0: A hundred percent. And I think that's the most important thing about what we hope to bring with this podcast is not just life in prison, but it's all the elements that make that a reality is the world that leads people to prison and then how people are disproportionately sentenced, you know, Dave was in there for, he got 18 years, multiple robberies. We have friends that had 40 years for one or two robberies, you know, and it Absolutely. does, uh, there's no rhyme or reason to a lot of the justice system or a lot of the injustice that happens to people, mm-hmm. whether they're innocent or guilty, there's all types of problems with our criminal legal system, prison system. And uh, we hope to talk about those realities and, you know, inform everyone on the reality of, of the system that is it surrounds us. You know, it's our our criminal justice system and we live with it every day, but it's it's kind of a shadowy place that no one knows about until they get sucked into it. Well, that's it. You know, when you <clears throat> listen on the news, you hear a guy got 40 years, you think to yourself,
1: Well, he has it coming. And, you know, when I got mine, honestly, I mean, really, I had it coming. You know, do I feel like I should have done 15 years and four months in a row? No, you know. <laughs> But I know there's a lot of people out there that don't feel that way, including my victims. You know, so right. And to be to be
0: certain, um, you mentioned your victims. Was anyone hurt physically, uh, or was it more mentally?
1: No, no one was hurt physically. I never harmed anyone physically that wasn't trying to harm me physically. But it doesn't take away from the fact that a person might think that maybe their life was going to end that day. You know, people. You know, I've been enlightened after sobering up you know to the fact that someone had done that to me or my family i might have a totally different point of view on that so i don't like to make light of anyone's uh negative criminal experiences i certainly don't want to boast over the uh, lowest parts of my life either
0: well i know you don't hope i never come
1: across like that you know
0: no i don't think you will and i know you definitely uh or I guess you could say reformed. I think, uh, I know you, you regret the decisions that you made when you were significantly younger. And, uh, and I really respect the person that you are today. A hundred percent.
1: Well, thank you very much. And that goes for you too. I do totally respect you in the way, you know, the funny thing about it is I was super guilty and you weren't, and I complained way more than you through the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs>
0: True, true. Yeah, we got to take a look at that. <laughs> I don't get too deep into my own
1: psyche, life. man. And I hate the questions like, "Why did you do it?" And I did it because I ran out of money and I was an asshole. I mean, I, <laughs> why did you do it? Because I was a selfish prick. You know, that's why. You know, but I didn't want to go home when I ran out of drugs. I mean, that's why I did it. I mean, really, honestly, not much more. I don't want to. You can go too deep down the rabbit hole, in my opinion, with myself on that, but. I'm sure others have their own opinions. It certainly wasn't my parents' fault or, uh, you know, a negative upbringing or any of that. You know, I made right. decisions that I made.
0: Yeah. And that's the thing. And I think that's an important thing is that you paid for the decisions you made, uh, but you still have to check the, you know, felony box and you got to do all that. And so that's, Absolutely. you know, the, you know, that's a big issue with the criminal justice system and our the world we live in is that second chances aren't really given uh right. in my opinion right when i think about like we touched on the uh the dangerous
1: felons and the 85 percent mandatory in some cases i hate it and in other cases and guys i met i'm like yeah for real you need to stay here a long time you know what i mean i
0: agree you know? there's some guys and i'm like
1: Man. i hope you never and it's
0: home, it's know, the minority
1: honestly. all right ryan we talked a little about me and i think even though you're more publicly known, a publicly known figure. Most A lot of people probably don't know your story. Why don't you give us a little touch on that?
0: All right. All right. My turn. Um, so I'm Ryan Ferguson. Uh, I spent 10 years in prison from 19, the age of 19 to 29. Um, it, was a, it was a very difficult thing for me because I have nothing to do with the crime I was convicted of. I was in college and one day uh, a swarm of police Uh, followed me home and uh, arrested me as soon as I got out of my car. And I didn't see the world again for 10 years and dang near until I was 30. And I didn't think that could happen to someone at that time. I never really thought about it. And I thought, you know, at the time that they were arresting me, I'd be questioned. I would go home the next day and take my my midterms and it wouldn't be a big deal. Uh, That's not the way the criminal justice system works. Prosecutors have immense control and immense power And, uh, and the police, you know, they, they did not investigate before they made an arrest. It was a big crime in Columbia, Missouri, where I'm from. So ultimately, uh, a friend of mine from high school had a dream about committing this crime, told his friends, he was arrested and he told the police, if I did it, Ryan must've been with me. Well, I'm Ryan. And the police said, well, you must've been with them. So we're going to arrest you too. And then we'll investigate the case. The problem with that is by the time they start investigating and all the evidence comes back showing that neither I nor Charles Erickson was there, they've already told the public they got the right people. They've already had me incarcerated for six months, 12 months, and, uh, and they had to stick to that story. So, Well, they didn't have to. They chose to. Well, in their minds, they had to. That's a actually a great point, Dave. And I think that's, the, that's a big issue as well. I mean, we're going to talk about a lot of big issues, but uh, that's a big one because people would respect police and prosecutors if they acknowledged that they had the wrong people or that they made mistakes or that they were going down the wrong path. But that doesn't happen. Uh, very rarely do you ever see one of them acknowledge their wrongdoings and so they, it turns malicious and they put innocent people in prison and then they're forced to meet people like Dave Dowling, you know, no. <laughs> forced to <laughs> death. You know, uh, so I'm, I'm certainly not, uh, not, not happy about having to go to prison. It was a very difficult trying experience, not only for myself, but my family for sure. And I think that's a good point, Dave, that, you know, my father, uh, my whole family really fought for me and. They did so much incredible work. My mom was more behind the scenes. My father was very upfront. Uh, you know, he was out there getting new evidence and, and talking to reporters. And uh, and there's a documentary about it, Dream Killer, on Netflix. Go check it out. You'll uh, you'll be able to see what happened to my family and I, our whole journey, our whole experience, in a very succinct package. Uh, Andrew Jinks, a documentary filmmaker, a good friend of mine, made it. It's incredible. He really did get a good job, and I'd like to say too, you know, that uh
1: your family fought for you in one way, but my family fought for me in another way. You know, I mean, they they stayed with me. You know, I mean, right. they hung in there with me. And you see a lot of guys in prison without that luxury, without the luxury of family and love and encouragement. You know, I know some guys I who think- made it out good, and I know some guys who made prison their family, and it's. We'll talk about that too.
0: Yeah. I think that's a great point because I've. You know, I had trouble surviving mentally in prison for a decade uh, as a as a young man, and it was because of my family that I was able to survive. hundred percent, you know, without them, I would have been very negative. I, you know, probably would have gotten into ten years.
1: Ten years not knowing if you're ever go home is a little different than knowing you're doing ten years. Also, like I knew I was doing fifteen years the day I got sentenced. You didn't know if you were ever going home.
0: So, That's right. Those are two you know, different feelings and two different walks. Yeah, and it's very rare that wrongfully convicted people prove their innocence and go home, especially... Yeah, before 30 years is up. Yeah, especially at that point. You know, wrongful convictions are more prevalent now. But in 2004, when I was arrested, I had never heard of this. And I, I didn't know that this happened to anyone else. The first time I heard about a case where someone else is wrongfully convicted, I was like, oh my gosh, it does happen. Like, okay, so maybe they'll be able to prove their innocence and people will see that that happens. Um, well, then the court will time, tell you, know about it.
1: you've exhausted. I remember the day they told you, you have exhausted all your appeals. I remember that day that we sat and talked and you felt like that meant that was it. I mean, there was no one that could help you at that point. As far as we knew, and thank God there was, and they did. But when they tell you, you've exhausted all your appeals,
0: huh, that's a heavy door slam. How was I that day? I don't know that i I might have blocked that from uh from my memory. well, you're not a super
1: showing of emotional guy, but there was devastation you know on your face, obviously. it was hurtful to all us who were your good friends and who know you daily. you know. yeah. it was we all knew you know that you well um, I felt so did. fortunate to have all like your friends you were there. guilty. you were like the only innocent <laughs> friend all we were all some nuts, you know. I don't know why you gravitated to, you know, a rough crowd. <laughs> well, okay. Well, what crowd in prison isn't rough? <laughs> well, yeah. there is one crowd. They're a different kind of rough. We'll get into Oh boy, that Stay
0: away from that one. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. Gravitated to a rough crowd. Well, you know, uh, prison uh, has a tendency to do uh, that. We were a nice rough crowd. You know? Yeah, a lot of great people um, made mistakes, you know, and did the time that they deserve to do. And in many cases, probably more time than they deserve to do. And made the best of the time they were doing. That's the main
1: thing is what were you doing with the time you were doing? You know I mean? Right. You got time on this earth. You got time in prison. What are you doing with the time you're doing? You no. Know? And uh prison taught me that, what are you doing with this time you got? Cause you can sit here and cry and that's not going to last that long. You know, you can make it
0: meaningful or you could, you could wallow under it and let it crush you. I love that because that's, what life is about too. you know, what are you doing with this time you got, you know, prison is kind of a microcosm of of life out here in the real world. And yeah, I mean, you're just you're compressed into a very different world. And uh, meaning is different for different things. But it it correlates a lot. And you got a lot of time to think and work on yourself and figure things out. And you can do great things with your time if you choose. Or you cannot,
1: or you cannot.
0: So that's, that's really the footnotes on me. Uh, we'll get more into my case uh, as well as Dave's as time goes on and throughout the episodes as we talk to other people and meet other individuals and hear their experiences. Uh, fortunately, I was able to prove my innocence uh, and get out. I had the help of an amazing attorney, Kathleen Zellner. And for the last eight years, I've been, been living my life, a free man. And uh, I've lived in a lot of amazing places and met some great people and so life has been good for me, and now it's time to take the opportunities that I've had and my experiences and Dave's experiences and kind of share that with the world and lend a voice to other individuals. I think that's what we're really happy to be able to do. Dave, are you, you excited about that?
1: I'm so excited. I'm excited about some of the people we have lined up to speak with. I'm excited about some of the topics we're going to be talking about Those are very meaningful to me, you know, and I think they're meaningful to anyone who's been in or anyone who hasn't been in. I don't think that you have to be in prison to to uh, understand uh, the spirituality of journeys or, you know, the hardships or the funniness and humor of these any journey you're on. You know, so I think this one especially can be humorous and tragic and uh, uplifting and disturbing all at the same time.
0: For sure, man. And I know you got some whoppers of a story, man. I'm like, <laughs> I can't wait to hear some of the stories that uh, that you've experienced. And I know, man, I've had I've had a lot of really big up days and down days, and uh, and that's all going to come out in in the episodes to come. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at Prison Counts, and uh, and we're going to be on there being active. We'd love to hear what you have to say about the episodes. What you'd love to hear more about. What you'd love to hear less about anything, any any of your thoughts and feelings, right, Dave?
1: Absolutely, criticisms, encouragements, whatever you got to say, we'll listen, and uh, maybe or maybe not change a damn thing. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: we shall see. <laughs> so uh, we're we're just uh, we're happy we had the opportunity to introduce ourselves to you, and we look forward to seeing you next week. Check us out on Twitter, follow us, and share this episode with everyone you know. And, uh, I think they're going to be real interested and, uh, and we we'll, love, uh, we look forward to hearing from you.
1: Absolutely. We'll see you next time. Thank you. Take care.